0: This should be played at high volume.
1: Welcome to Out of Pocket. Here's your host, Michael Davis. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. I'm your host, Michael Davis, and we have a big show for you today. You may also be watching our YouTube channel under the Tobacco Bird Sports Radio banner. But yesterday was the NBA trade deadline. But this Sunday, this Super Bowl Sunday, we have a huge show in line for us. And joining us today, we got out pocket regular John Cox. John, your team's in the Super Bowl. How are you feeling? I feel great, Mike. Go Birds. Uh-huh. Uh, that makes me cringe. <laughs> so I had to go find a guy who's going to hopefully be on my side of things. We got Chris Clark from the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Chris, it's your first time on the Out of Pocket. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this game, and I think that it's, uh, it's going to be a very good game. And go Chiefs, but, you know, kind of expected to say that, so there you go.
1: <laughs> go Chiefs. Hey, we can be homers on this podcast on this radio show and unfortunately my Cowboys did not make it but the Kansas City Chiefs did and Chris we're going to start with you because the, this is shocking to me the injuries that the Chiefs has had pr- primarily to their receiving core you know not even talking about losing Tyreek Hill in the offseason trading him away to Miami but you got Juju down you got Tony down you got Hardman down Pat Mahomes has even been fully healthy in terms of this game on Sunday, how healthy do you expect the Chiefs after a two-week rest, and does their health matter in terms of the outcome of this game?
0: So Harden's on IR. He's done for the season. Uh, everybody else I think is going to play, and I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be ready to go, and we'll see on Juju and Tony. I, I know that both of them, it looks like, are turning in the right direction. Uh, we have not received another practice report. They're practicing late. So we haven't seen that yet uh, to see whether or not they practice in full. But I would imagine that all of them did. Uh, the only person that didn't practice in full was Tony. And from what I've been hearing, he practiced and was running all over the place uh, trying to get ready for this game. So I think that they're going to be in good shape. And I do think injuries do matter. And But I think Kansas City's in a good place this, going into this game.
1: Yeah. and And who knows, like when you factor in Pat Mahomes' injury – I would probably take Mahomes at like 40% rather than a lot of the quarterbacks at 95 or 100%. Do you expect Pat Mahomes to be his full self this game?
0: Full, no. But I do think that he's going to be a lot better than people think he's going to be. Uh, You saw what he was able to do against the Bengals. He didn't move a lot, but he moved enough. And he's got two more weeks to come back from that injury. And quite frankly, a lot of people didn't expect him to be able to even play in the Bengals game. And he played and he played pretty well. So I'm thinking that he's going to be a lot better this time around. Sounds like they've really pushed him early on in the week in practice to make sure that everything's good. And from everything I've heard, there's no real pain shooting up his legs.
1: So he should be good. And John with the Eagles defense going up against Patrick Mahomes, you guys have, had a pretty good defense this year. I know I've experienced that watching some of your games. Darius Slay, C.J. Johnson, you guys got the defense. You guys got the interior pass rush, Fletcher Cox. What do you need the Eagles to do to slow down Patrick Mahomes in this offense?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough task. Um, if you look at the numbers from last year when they played here in Philadelphia, um, it was one of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's like all time career games. Uh, I think Tyree Kill also had like multiple touches that game. Um, of course, Tyreek Kill isn't here uh, this time around, so um, pass rush, uh, I guess, is just the key against um, the Chiefs this week. Um, get to Pat, get him on the ground, maybe generate a couple turnovers. Um, you know, I'm not worried about the back end. I'm more worried about uh, the scheme that the Eagles play. It's it's very much a, a sit back and you know, play zone and and don't press and don't let the, the big plays come kind of bend, don't break defense. And I think Patrick Mahomes is very comfortable um, at this phase of his career. And especially on this leg, sitting back and taking the underneath stuff and uh, killing you one play at a time. Uh, I think he's capable of that. I think that's what our defense is kind of built to do. Just send four and drop everybody else back. Um, So it'll, it'll be tough to see. Um, You know, I don't, I don't expect a big game from any of the weapons other than Travis Kelsey. Um, Of course, you know, the best tight end in the National Football League. Um, I'm sure he'll have a great day. But, um, you know, on paper, yeah, it's a great matchup. But uh, at the end of the day, the the biggest problem for this defense will probably be our scheme um, with Jonathan Gannon uh, and the defense that he runs.
1: And, John, you referenced it. You're going to have to defend Travis Kelsey. And, guys, we would be remiss without saying or mentioning It's the Kelsey Bowl. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Jason Kelsey. People tend to dismiss the Harbaugh we got a few years ago with John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. But this is the first time players are brothers and playing against one another in the Super Bowl. And so both of these guys really need a big game and are key aspects to their team. You got Travis Kelsey versus the Eagles defense, as you mentioned, John. And we also have Jason Kelsey, versus the Chiefs' interior pass rush. Chris, I can start with you. Who do you think has the better game and who you think is more successful this Sunday?
0: Travis Kelsey is going to be very hard to stop, and I like what John said, I think that the defense that they play is going to play into Patrick Mahomes' hands and the Chiefs' hands. I mean, I think that he has shown that it's, You know, after trying to go downfield so much in his career, he has started to get to a point where he's taking what the defense is giving him. And that's the most important thing that he can do as a quarterback. So uh, I think that that's going to be key in this game. As far as which Kelsey brother has the best game. If Jason Kelsey has the best game, Kansas City is going to be in trouble because the bigger thing, the biggest thing to me that he does so well is get to the second level and knock out linebackers. If he's doing that and he's doing that well, that's a problem for Kansas City in the uh, defending the run, and that could be a problem for them to win this game.
1: That would be shocking because one of the big matchups I'm watching is Jason Kelsey versus Chris Jones. Chris Jones has wreaked havoc throughout the playoffs, throughout the entire season really. And if he's getting past Chris Jones in the first level of defense and going to the linebackers, that could be an issue. John, do you think Jason Kelsey for your team has the better game this Sunday?
2: I mean, it's hard to, you know, two different positions, two different things they do for their offense. Um, you know, just by like the eye test, I think I think Travis Kelsey's is going to have the better game. Um, you know, I fully expect them to come out and <clears throat> feed him anytime it's it's third and more than five or six. You know, it's they're looking for Travis Kelsey. Um, they're going to move him around. They're going to get him open. Um, if you had to pick a weak point on our defense, it's probably our linebacker group. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what we do when we match up in those situations. Um, you know, if you put Gardner Johnson, who's a great, uh, you know, flexible, it's a back, can play safety, play, can play corner. If they'll match him up on uh, Travis Kelsey, um if they'll, you know, double or bracket or, or something else. But um, I think that Kelsey purely, eye test, sorry, Travis Kelsey um, will actually have a better game just because, you know, he's so integral to what they do in the pass game and the run game. Um, and he's probably going to have a touchdown, which I, I think I'd, I'd be willing to bet my you know, tuition that Jason Kelsey will not have a touchdown in this
1: game Sunday. I don't know. We've seen some crazy stuff from Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. We got the Philly special.
0: That'd be crazy yeah, if, he had a, if he had a touchdown.
1: It can happen. It could really happen. And what I'm hearing from you guys is it's going to be about the scheme. It's going to be about who is put in the right position to succeed. And this coaching matchup, this is not only the Kelsey Bowl. This seems like the Andy Reid Bowl. Andy Reid, I believe, is the first coach in NFL history to win 100 games for two different franchises with Philadelphia, with Kansas City. He was never able to win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. He's going for a second in Kansas City right now. And then you have Nick Sirianni, who was actually fired by Andy Reid while he was at Kansas City. So, you know, Nick Sirianni, he lives with a chip on his shoulder. Andy Reid, perhaps I would put him right below Bill Belichick in terms of the best head coaches in the NFL, at least for my lifetime. I'm going to start with you, John. How important is this game for Nick Sirianni's legacy after – he was fired by Andy Reid not long ago.
2: Yeah, um, it's it's important uh, for both their legacies. You know, if, if Reid wins another one, uh, he can say that he was, you know, the architect of a dynasty. Um, you know, people forget how dominant the Eagles were in the early 2000s, I think. Um, you know, we went to see championship games. You know Donovan McNabb was was a great quarterback, um, but you know he probably wasn't the best in the NFC at the time. Um, so you know Andy Reid, you know he knows how to call an offense. He knows how to call plays. That's probably Reid. Um, it's his ability to be a head coach and a play caller. Um, a lot of times, um, you know head coaches kind of struggle with doing that balance, that tightrope head coach, and being aware situationally. And being an X's and O's guys and calling plays and and um, you know scripting out your offense and what your scheme wants to do, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's huge for for Andy You know Nick Sirianni um, got a long career ahead of him. Really. Um, you know has the one seed this year, took his team to the Super Bowl um, with a a, a, sec, a really second year quarterback um, and Jalen Hurts. Their office this, um, this year all year, so I expect Sirianni to be around um, a little bit longer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, this is uh, close to the end for, for Andy Reid's career. Not like he's going to retire, but, you know, um, he's uh, one of the oldest head coaches in the NFL. He, he coached here in Philadelphia for 14 years, um, which tells you something. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it, – it's a testament to Collar to and as a head coach. He's uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, he was great in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I probably stands to gain more. He could really move up into that upper, that upper tier of head coaches in NFL history with another Super Bowl win.
1: And I'll agree with that, John. And Andy Reid is sixty four years old. He would be sixty five next season. That is where coaches can still coach at an elite level. I don't think Andy Reid's lost his touch at all. I mean, obviously, they're in the Super Bowl, but. This could be one of the big matchups for Andy Reid because it is against his former team. And both of you watch Andy Reid a lot. Chris Clark from the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Andy Reid's legacy. Really, could it come down to this game? And how much does his pride set in going against the team that canned you for who it was, Chip Kelly?
0: Yeah, and I think that there is a lot of pride there. And and I was surprised when Reid came to Kansas City, uh that he didn't take a year off or he didn't take any time it was a matter of no i'm going to get back in coaching and he was hired in kansas city within days of of leaving the eagles and you know it's been amazing to watch what he's been able to do with his team and it's not just building you know they went from 2 and 14 the year before reed went to making the playoffs the next year and they've won seven straight uh, afc west titles they've been in five straight and hosted five straight afc championship games Uh, obviously won three of them, lost two of them, been to three Super Bowls in four years. He is a great coach, and Mahomes has taken him to another level. Uh, But he has also built Mahomes from, I won't say the ground up, but pretty close. I mean, Pat has a lot of talents that he brings to the table, obviously. The mental side of the game, seeing everything the way that he's seen it on the field, knowing what's coming pre-snap and post-snap, Reed has a huge uh, he has huge fingers in Patrick's uh, makeup and, and how he's playing quarterback right now. So I think that's huge for Kansas city, but I, does this cement his legacy? I wouldn't say it does mainly because I think he's already cemented his legacy. I, I think once, once he won the first super bowl in Kansas city in 2019, I think that cemented his legacy. Is this going to make his legacy better? Absolutely. And, and I would say, I understand the thought process that Reed maybe is, is probably closer to retirement than Sirianni. I agree with that completely. I'm not going to be shocked if he's not coaching – and if he's coaching in his 70s. The guy seems to have a lot of energy. He seems to love what he does. He loves his players, and all of his players seem to love him. I just – I think he's going to be around for a little bit longer.
1: Andy Reed's always had the reputation of being a player's coach. And when you go back – and I love Andy Reid. I think he – again – Right below Belichick in terms of the head coaches of my lifetime, last twenty five years or so. Andy Reid goes one in three in the Super Bowl. Chris, does that not make you question anything?
0: Okay, so I would say this: when you look at him going one in three, you have to remember where this team started. They have twelve. They had eleven rookies, I think, that started the year on this team. They've got six rookies starting on defense. This was supposed to be a retooling year for Kansas City. They weren't supposed to – people were thinking that they'd be good, but the thought was that this was a retooling year. This is when they were going to you know, start building and trying to get better for the future. Him getting to the Super Bowl in a year like that, I think he's going to see several more Super Bowls in the next couple of years because of the team that they built and the way they built it around Mahomes. Uh, I I understand what you're saying about one and three in a Super Bowl, but – Man, with the team that he's got right now, I one, I see that hard press to get to one and three, but I also think that you have to look at the team that he has and say, okay, well, they've got 24 new players this year alone. Uh, 10 or 11 of them are rookies, and a lot of the rookies have played huge snaps for him. And a lot of people didn't think they'd even be here, and I think he's in a phenomenal job with them.
1: I will give you credit. And I'll get I'll give myself a little humbling right here because at the beginning of the year, you know, this show started back in August. I did not expect the chiefs or the Eagles to be here. I didn't expect them to have number one seed. I didn't expect them to score as many points as they did. I know John's ready to be like, I told you so (laughs) I can tell it on his face right now. And for the chiefs to lose a guy like Tyreek Hill and to have those rookies just plug in and play like Pacheco, like who knew where he would come from. Uh, goes to show not only the Chiefs have done a really good job, but the Eagles. We've kind of touched on keys of the game, but we haven't really picked a outright winner. So, John, I'll start with you because, you know, it is Chris's first time on the show. We'll, we'll give him a little reprieve. I want who you think wins, what's the final score, and your Super Bowl MVP. And you can't pick Tom Brady this year. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think pretty much everyone agrees with, you know, what this game will come down to, and that is that the Eagles have a better roster and a better team, and the question is, can Pat Mahomes overcome the fact that he does not have the better team? Can he be the guy that wins the game for the Chiefs? Um, And, you know, if I'm, you know, I'm an Eagles fan and I'm thinking about if Patrick Mahomes has the ball with anything more than two seconds block and he's down anything like less than seven, like I'm, I'm terrified. I am absolutely horrified of Pat Mahomes having the ball in a last second situation. Um, so, you know, you, you got to get out and you, you got to beat this guy. Um, so if the Eagles win, which I'm, I'm saying the Eagles win, um, I don't think that um, Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to overcome the talent uh, difference um, between these two rosters. Um, so I'll say uh, Eagles 24 and uh, Chiefs uh, 20, maybe, um, you know, maybe an Eagles last second touchdown uh, and my uh, Super Bowl MVP. I got to go with my guy, um, you know, the number two quarterback in the NFL right now. You know, um, he's been hated on this podcast before, but he's earned some respect. You got to put some respect on his name. Uh, my my Super Bowl MVP pick is Jalen Hurts, the one and only. With uh, I'll give him uh,
1: two touchdowns, one rushing, one throwing. We'll see what happens. Okay, well, you did call him the second-best quarterback in the NFL. I'm sure he's behind somebody on the other side. Chris, what's your out-of-pocket prediction for the Super Bowl with the MVP?
0: You know, I think the MVP is going to be Patrick Mahomes. But, uh, you know, you look at this game, and I agree. The Eagles have a better roster. I'm not going to argue that. I've said that on my podcast for the past couple of weeks. They have a better roster. It's overall more talented. The question really becomes, yes, it's a question of whether or not Patrick Mahomes can overcome it, but it's also a question of how much better is the Eagles roster than Kansas City's? I would argue Kansas City's offensive line has been top five. I'm not going to say they're the number one. The Eagles, I think, have probably the best line in football, but Kansas City's offensive line has been good all season long. The question becomes – Can Kansas City's defense slow down the Eagles? And is Jalen Hurts a quarterback that could play from behind? If Kansas City gets up in this game, that's going to be a lot more difficult for the Eagles to come back from. And that's, I think, something that is going to hamper their ability to win this game. And I will say, I just picked this on my podcast a couple minutes ago. I'm going to go with the same score prediction, 35-28 Kansas City.
1: There you have it. Both of them are sticking to their guns. We're going to find out what happens. Super Bowl Sunday John Cox is going to stick with me for some basketball talk, NBA trade deadline, but Chris Clark it's your first time on out pocket. With Michael Davis is great. Having you for our fans who want to listen to you, where can they find you?
0: I'm on the locked on chiefs podcast, uh, part of the Locked On podcast network. We cover every single team for uh, the entire season, uh, five days a week. So, uh, and it's actually all year round five days a week. We are doing podcasts. So, uh, you can find me at Locked On Chiefs. Uh, that's usually where I'm tweeting from. But I'm also Chris Clark NFL on Twitter as
1: well. And they're super fun. They're super easy to listen to. I'm I'm a Cowboys fan, so I listen to the Locked On Cowboys podcast a lot, preparing for the Super Bowl. I listen to the Locked On Chiefs, of course. Listen to the Locked On Eagles. Listen to the collab you guys did this week. Uh, it's really great stuff. Go follow my guy Chris Clark NFL on Twitter for continuous content and when we come back on our pocket with michael davis we're going to talk about this nba trade deadline and where brooklyn messed up all that next on the show Welcome back to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. Thank you so much to Chris Clark from the Locked On Chiefs podcast for joining us in that last segment. And we got John Cox staying on the show. He defended his Eagles. I don't know if he'll defend his 76ers here in a minute, but we also are welcoming in Out of Pocket regular Jackson Cordray. Jackson, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I didn't hear what John said about the Eagles this past segment, but I can tell you
3: one thing. They're not winning the Super Bowl, and I'm taking Kansas City all the way, and I'm ready to talk some NBA deadline.
1: Hey, Jackson, it's taking Kansas City. I think that's a two-to-one. I didn't even make a pick yet. I don't know if I will uh, We'll say that out-of-pocket take for later, but it is out-of-pocket with Michael Davis, and I believe truly none of my takes are out-of-pocket. And I feel really good Insane that I was right when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin teamed up in Brooklyn, brought James Harden over, and then when Harden can't, didn't work out and they traded him to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, the entire time I'm like, guys, everybody's hyping this team up, but this is not going to work. A, lost faith in Kyrie Irvin a long time ago. B, just they don't love basketball. And so what's very unfortunate is the Brooklyn Nets have just been a disaster franchise, not only with the KD, Kyrie, Harden, Simmons, but even back 10 years ago with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Deron Williams, Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, when they made that trade with the Boston Celtics. This is Brooklyn's M.O. And I'll be honest, this was not going to work from the beginning with Brooklyn, we can finally say that this experiment was a failure. And I know John, John and I have been talking throughout the day. He doesn't agree with me on this. John, w- explain yourself on this one.
2: Okay, I want to say it, it it was a failure. They didn't they didn't win a title, they didn't do anything, but it's not like these three guys played together and they played an entire season and then flamed out in the playoffs or something like that. You know, they had a pandemic Kyrie had his issues, which are all inexcusable, of course, but you know, this trio never got to share the court in a meaningful way, super meaningful game. Um, It is a failed experiment, but I think that, you know, it's also kind of sad that we never get to see, you know what this could have been at its absolute apex. Um, again, you know it's a failure. Um, I'm glad the Nets, you know, cut their ties. You know, kind of saw the losses, saw the writing on the wall, went into rebuild, got what they got with it, uh, got what they got um, when they could for Kevin Durant and for Kyrie. Um, It'll be interesting. I, I think the Nets, um, you know, they picked up some some good players. Um, Mikkel Bridges, of course, he's a Philly guy. Um, not a Nova fan, but he's a Philly guy, so you got to shout out Mikkel Bridges. Um, so, you know, it's not like the Nets, you know, just gave away everybody. They got some stuff in return. But, you know, as a, as a fan of good basketball, you have to be, you know, a little bit, I don't know if you want to say sad, disappointed that you never get to see, you know, how good – of an NBA offense we could have seen, if that makes sense.
1: That does make sense. And on paper, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, before Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is an offensive guy, that team should have been averaging 110 points a game easily. But it didn't work out that way, and it's really just because of the drama that Kyrie Irving, particularly Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant played into it too, James Harden played into it too, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't a success, Jackson. When you look back on this era of Brooklyn, what do you see?
3: I see a team that was tr- trying to contend, a team that went all in, uh, and you can't fault them for that. Uh, injury played a played a role. Uh, personalities play a role, but that's also how a team's going to work, right? You're going to have personalities in the building. You're going to have injuries that plague you. Uh, I don't see it as a necessarily not to say necessarily it's a failed experiment. I just see it as an experiment. We saw a team that I was loaded with offensive talent play a total of 30 games together. You know, the trio didn't play that many games together. And we were, we could honestly go back in time and look at Kevin Durant's, you know, that that Kevin Durant lining the three-point line uh, as a, um, that, them being one game away from from the finals. And next thing you know, we're looking at a championship. So really and truly, I don't see this as a fail, a failed experiment. They, they went after something. It didn't work out. And you try something again, you, uh, you, you, trade away the pieces. Now you're looking at the sun's picks all the way up to 2029. 20, uh, suns won't be loaded then. And you, you start the rebuild. They've got plenty of guys, Mikel bridges, who, who I had as my defensive player of the year. I mean, you have, they have these young pieces around them and the, the depth is good. Um, I don't see it as a failed experiment at all, really.
1: Mikkel Bridges, as much as I like him, as much as he's helped my fantasy football, fantasy basketball team, rather defensive player might be an out pocket take, but I mean, and this goes to show, like you give up KD, you give up Kyrie in a week, and did Brooklyn like get enough from their trades? I'm looking at, I'm looking at what they got back. They got Spencer Dinwiddie, they got Dorian Finney-Smith, they got a first round pick in just two seconds. In the deal that sent Kyrie to Dallas and Brooklyn with the Kevin Durant trade was like they got Mikel Bridges that we mentioned just a few moments ago. They got Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, which Jay Crowder was shipped out to Milwaukee. They got four first round picks and they got 28 pick swap. I think the four first round picks are good. But I'm like, okay, you can use it for trades. You can get somebody good. But, I mean, guys, this Brooklyn franchise is a disaster. I don't know of anyone who is going to want to go play in Brooklyn for a long, long, long time. And if he's, if he's not crazy, Kyrie Irving did not want to play in Brooklyn after who knows what. I mean, they were a fourth seed in the East. You guys had a legitimate chance to go at it. And I just don't see him when he moves to Dallas. I don't see him working with Luka Doncic very well. Uh, Jackson, you're wearing the Luka Doncic jersey. How do you expect this to affect the favorite for the MVP of the NBA this year?
3: Uh, I, I see this being a perfect piece to add with, you know, the NBA is all about double teams and you're going to have one guy isolated. Well, now, now you can't double Luca and Luca's going to, Luca's the best in the league outside of Braun at finding the open guy. Uh, Luca's going to find the open guy every time. And the thing is with Kyrie is that Kyrie's not just a dribble shooter. He's a spot shooter. You know, he could stand, you know, you can get him. you know, if you're going to double Luca, you can have Kyrie spot shoot somewhere and next thing you know, that's a three. Uh, and Luca's gonna find him and you're gonna see that demonstrated over and over again. Or my God, you know, Kyrie's double teamed at the end of a game and needs a we need a clutch shot. Well, that means you can't double team Luca and Luca has the one on one. Or all these different options. I see it as a perfect honestly, the ball can go around plenty because Kyrie isn't extremely ball dominant. Um Luca is so Luca being the ball-dominant guard of the two and Kyrie can spot shoot and do all these other things, I see it as a good pair, really. Uh, does that mean they beat the Suns or the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals or Semifinals? I don't see that. But I see it as a good pair, really, and truly, at the end of the day. You know, they, they, they match each other's skills very
1: well. I have to disagree on that. I feel like Kyrie needs the ball in his hands as that point guard. Luka Doncic. Is a six seven, six eight point guard where he's been running the offense. Grant, he didn't have much help in Dallas, so he pretty much had to run the offense himself. And the whole question is: is Kyrie going to be on the court? Is Kyrie going to make another excuse whether to play basketball or not? I've and this sucks because I'm a Duke fan. I would be wearing my Duke hoodie right now, but I didn't want any association with Kyrie Irving when I made this claim. I don't think Kyrie Irving loves basketball and the bigger issue I believe for the Dallas Mavericks is I don't think Kyrie Irving wants to be a Dallas Maverick. His one request was to be traded to Los Angeles to team with LeBron James with the Los Angeles Lakers who just passed Kareem on the all-time scoring list this week and Kyrie it's telling hasn't Signed an extension as of now with the Dallas Mavericks. I, I get, I give it a year, if that. Where Kyrie's already left Dallas, and they've given away Dinwiddie, fin, Finney Smith. They've given away the first round pick. John, do you do you see this being a long term solution for Kyrie Irvin, or am I out of pocket for saying that?
2: Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he moves on. Team wise, um, and and changes up where he's at. Um, I think it's a little silly to say that Kyrie Irving does not love basketball. Um, I think that Kyrie Irving probably plays more basketball than we do, like anything. If that makes sense, I feel like he's probably played more basketball than any of us have done anything in our entire lives. Um, You know, he he's all about the game of basketball. Um, He's a good player. Um, Obviously, teams are willing to take the risks that come on with. His personality um, that can be a little weird at times, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved on. Um, to touch on whether or not he's he'll work with Luca, I mean, he worked with LeBron. Uh, you know, LeBron is is kind of the same archetype as Luca. Um, he's just you know cranked up the athleticism too. Um, but you know him and him and Luca are kind of the same player when you look at it style wise. And if it worked with, with Luka uh, or with LeBron and Kyrie, I don't, I don't know why it couldn't work with uh, with uh,
1: LeBron and Kyrie or, or Luka and Kyrie as well. Well, and, and that's the question. It, could it work on paper? Could it work on the court? How much are we going to see them play together? And that's the reservation I have when it comes to Kyrie Irvin because he was supposed to be playing well with his buddy Kevin Durant, and now Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun. Guys, KD is with the Suns and Jackson. I'm going to ask you keeping Chris Paul, keeping Devin Booker, keeping DeAndre Aiden to acquire Kevin Durant for you know Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks. Does this make the Phoenix Suns the favorite again in the West? Or, John, if you want to hop in on this one,
2: yeah, um, I don't know the West was already pretty wide open you know i i i I couldn't tell you who was going to come out of this before today um you know the the lickers did themselves some fame they acquired some pieces today. I didn't expect them to come out, but i mean the west it's it's weird when you look at it because they have a lot of kind of young teams coming up um you know the stands right now are nuggets grizzlies kings like that's that's insane um so yeah i mean it's it's gonna be a dogfight fight in the west but When you look at the experience that, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, um, Chris Paul and um, and Devin Booker have, you know, they've they've all played in finals games. Kevin Durant's played in multiple. Um, You know, I fully I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, You know, when the Pelicans and Zion comes back and he's healthy, he's going to be a problem. The Warriors are, are still the Warriors. They just add Gary Payton back, who was a big part of their success last year in their playoff run. Um, so, you know, you've got the working around. I don't expect the Timberwolves to still be in the playoffs later in the year. Um, but, you know, this Kings team, you know, it could be a year too early type thing for them. You got the Grizzlies and Jaw. You've got the two-time MVP, um, Nikola Jokic. Um at the one seed right now. You know, there's so many teams in the West, but I mean, overall star power, man. And, and it's, it's got to be the Suns or Warriors, right?
1: This could be. And I, I give it to Denver. They're leading the West right now. They're honestly only behind Boston in terms of win percentage this year. Sacramento is going to end a. Perhaps I believe the longest drought for an NBA team in terms of reaching the postseason. I, I see them getting bounced by whoever they've meet in the first round, honestly. But Phoenix just if they can get Kevin Durant, and and, and the, again, this is a reservation, but Kevin Durant now all of a sudden finds himself in a golden state-like atmosphere with he's surrounded by Carey. Thompson, Draymond Green. Now you're surrounded by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, which isn't the caliber of that Warriors team, but it's pretty on close.
2: Yeah, and they've also got a, a great coach too uh, um, with Monty. You know, Drew, he'll find a way to use Kevin Durant. It's kind of hard not to find a way to use Kevin Durant. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he is, you know – I don't know, because Devin Booker is so well can play so well off the ball. So can Kevin Durant, DeAndre. And um, if he becomes a problem again, you know, if he becomes a Dom man, you know, like the number one overall pick that he was picked at, if he can, you know, tap into that, like, it's, it's like, it's unstoppable. Which, you know, we were saying the same thing about the Nets two years ago. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. A little more stable environment for them. Uh, for Kevin um yeah man i don't think the suns in seven unless you know it's it's the warriors and it's just you know depth and experience kind of kind of overtaking in the suns uh, it's
1: it's going to be a, a fun race in the west this year they did give away michael bridges and that that that's the that's the piece where i'm like uh he could have been x factor you know put him on Clay Thompson or even Steph Curry and watch him do his magic but it it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting and we got to get into a break when we come back we're going to talk about the rest of the NBA Tread deadline and we may even mention our teams the Miami Heat and Philadelphia 76ers what we did or more importantly what we didn't do at the deadline next on our pocket Welcome back to Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. You're also watching our YouTube channel. Uh, Jackson had some technical difficulties. We can try to get him back in, but I'm joined right now by John Cox. And if you love Out Pocket with Michael Davis, you can't get enough. We are on Instagram, Out Pocket underscore TRSR. Uh, You can also follow Tobacco Road Sports Radio on Facebook, on Instagram. They're doing a nice little contest right now, so you may want to hop over onto the Facebook page, see what that's all about, maybe get a free book. And when it comes to free, there's nothing free at the trade deadline unless you're just trading a bunch of, like, second-round picks or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there was a trade, uh, or actually multiple trades with one organization. And that was the Los Angeles Lakers Lakers actually did trade away. Russell Westbrook ending the Westbrook LeBron AD era. And they got in return. D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley to the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell becoming a Los Angeles Laker. Once again, they also trade away Thomas Bryant to the Denver Nuggets. Lakers had been pretty active. They got Mo Bamba. No, not in the song, they didn't get the song right. So that's, but they trade away Patrick Beverly to Orlando Magic for Bamba. Lakers made some deals after LeBron was like, hey, you guys know what you need to be doing. And John, I have to pose this to you. Did him get his wishes, even though he didn't get Kyrie Irving? That team, I
2: think, I think the Lakers, you know, Overperformed with with what we thought they were gonna do at the deadline or be able to do at the deadline um you know they require you know uh they bring back d'angelo russell you know who's not a, a phenomenal talent but you know he can be a needle mover he can he can be the guy that's playing point guard while lebron's gone and 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 get you a bucket in nicer situations that kind of stuff um and a distributor um but i think you know bringing in a guy like malik beasley You know, this was the formula when they won the championship. It was defense and shooters around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And, you know, none of it's going to matter if Anthony Davis cannot stay on the the court. Um, You know, I I hate to, like, harp on on injuries, but I think it's a valid criticism for a guy like Anthony Davis. Um, You know, he had that stretch at the beginning of the the NBA season this year. He was dropping 30 bombs just every other night on everybody. You know, putting up 30 points, getting 15 rebounds a night. He was a beast. He was unstoppable. Um, and so like if the Lakers can get that in the playoffs for a sustained amount of time, they could be looking at, at a real, you know, a real playoff run, um, where they win two or three series. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the NBA. Um, you know, I would, I would pick this Lakers team to beat, you know, the, uh, the Kings in, in the first series of that with, um, you know, you know, I might take them beat uh, a team like the Clippers or the Pelicans just because of, you know, rock the, the experience that LeBron and AD have in a playoff environment. Um, the trouble is, you know, when you run into those teams that have more talent, deeper roster, better coaching, you know, like the Nuggets, maybe the Mavericks and the Warriors, you know, just, just talented. They have the people, they have the coaching, they have the depth, all the things you need to really compete in the in the NBA.
1: It's very interesting because if you look at the standings, the Lakers are actually 13th in the Western Conference right now, just above the Spurs and the Rockets. And, of course, they're about two, two two-and-a-half games outside of the 10th spot, which will be in the play-in tournament. But you look at the teams above them, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm pretty sure the Lakers, with the roster they have after their trades, I feel like they could beat – the OKC Thunder. I, I feel like Utah is going to start plummeting, even though Russell Westbrook's there now. He might get bought out. And then you just got to get over Portland. That's easy to do. Minnesota, that's easy to do. I, I believe the Warriors are going to excel this year. Sacramento, Sacramento could even drop into the play-in tournament right now because there's it's so close right now between the third seed and Ninth, tenth seed. It's only separated by like four games right now, but you look at the Lakers roster and I, I, they they improved. And uh, because look look at your starting five for them. You Got I'm assuming D'Angelo Russell is going to be starting at point guard. You got Malik Beasley. You got LeBron. You got Achimura, uh, who they acquired from the Wizards, I believe, a week or two ago. You got Anthony Davis. You could even put Anthony Davis back at the four. Have Mobamba at the five. They don't have a lot of bench. Van- depth yeah, Ooh, Vanderbilt. Definitely. Vanderbilt's a good one. Yeah. They don't have a lot of depth, so that scares me. If you're looking at the Lakers, but this is going to have to be LeBron. You know, keep putting up numbers and scoring the ball and try to get you know what seven thousand beyond Kareem's number. Just to make it into the play-in, it could be a lot for them moving forward. Uh, but John, you and I were talking earlier. Philadelphia, uh, I I, ju- I just I really want to get your thoughts on Thibel getting traded away, and do you think your team's now in a better position to contend in the East because they're what the third seed right now? Yeah, they are. Um,
2: you know, I expected more um, out of the trade deadline. I, I thought, you know, Daryl Morey is a is a wheeler and dealer, so I thought that we we would get more. Then I'm not, you know, super sad I had to see Matisse Thibault go. Um, for every, he took away a lot on offense. Um, was not a great a great fit with a guy like Embiid, who's obviously super post dominant. Um, so, it's 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 not what we sent away. It's what we didn't get back. Um, you know, we hands. Joel Embiid is a center, and a center in the NBA, you just don't know how long they're going to last. Um, unfortunately, it's just kind of a fact of. You know, you, you can't expect a guy like Joel Embiid to play as long as LeBron James did. Like, as a Sixers fan, I don't know how many more years of this Joel Embiid. I'm going to six. Like, every year that we just sit on our hands is another year wasted of maybe the most, like, unique talent. we've ever seen on the NBA three level score was one of the best mid-range shooters in the NBA last year. Um, you know, has a handle, can take you coast to coast. Like there's nothing It's just it's it's disgusting what 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 the Philadelphia 76 there's are doing. It's it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate.
1: And, and one one guy that comes to mind when you were talking about potentially wasting the career of a big man, I go back to Dirk Nowitzki. It took Dirk, what, 15, 17 years at Miami's expense, of course, uh, to get his championship. And I remember saying at the onset of the year, I didn't like saying it, but Philadelphia was my favorite to make it out of the East because you did have – Harden, you did have Embiid, you did have Tobias Harris and Tobias Harris has been kind of a flop right now because, you know, you and I were talking, you know, earlier before, you know, we were backstage or whatever. We were talking Tobias Harris kind of overpaid. I mean, it's easy for us to say that, you know, just being civilians and not NBA superstars, but when you look at what he doesn't give to the Philadelphia team, it's rough. I did like the PJ Tucker deal at the beginning of the offseason, but he he hasn't even provided you guys much. So it's gonna be very interesting to see. But hey, you did get Jalen McDaniels in that trade for Thibel. I, I would I would say that's a win, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a win. Uh
2: Um he is an actual two way pick this this year isn't isn't overwhelming, but you know, he's playing on a team with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Um so you know, it's it's tough, you know, to get your touches, but I think they were just looking. He can. Um yeah, man, I mean Tobias Harris is um, it's unfortunate. Um PJ Tucker, um, I'm kinda hoping that You know, he, he turns it on for the playoffs like he are 83-game players or 82-game players, um, and hopefully P.J. Tucker is just a 16-game player and he's going to turn it on when we get there. But right now, it's it's not a fun team to watch the way they're constructed and, and what they do.
1: Hey, it could be worse. You could be a Miami Heat fans just sitting back and watching the team trade way Dwayne Dedman to the Spurs for – Nothing, literally nothing. It was cash considerations. And I was expecting the team to deal away Kyle Lowry. I was hoping they wouldn't trade him away to Philadelphia, but maybe out West somewhere. It uh, didn't look good. And that's a team where it's like, at least with Philadelphia, you're the third seed. You, you have a team to make a run. Miami at the sixth seed right now, they'll probably go ahead of Brooklyn because Brooklyn's obviously not going to be in the position they are now. And Miami's going to have to probably match up against Cleveland or Philadelphia in a four- or five-seed matchup in the East. It's going to be very interesting. But one, one deal that hasn't been talked about, and that's that's more of a regional deal because the Charlotte Hornets traded Mason Plumlee to the Clippers in return for Reggie Jackson don't know what's going to be the dynamic between Reggie Jackson, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier. That, that's still to be decided. But they leave a void at the big man for Charlotte. They're going to have to rely on Mark Williams, the second-year player out of Duke, uh, to get the job done. I believe first-year player out of Duke. But this is pretty obvious because there's four teams right now who are pretty much in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. Houston – Houston trade away a lot of assets, Eric Bledsoe, Spurs trade away their best player, Jacob Poldell, the center, Uh, Detroit trade away Sadiq Bay. Charlotte trade away Mason Plumley. And all four of those teams are in the Victor Wimbenyama sweepstakes. The tanking for Wimbenyama is a real thing. John, do you think this is a sign to give up on the season and Charlotte just throw the ball in the stands all year? um
2: as a philadelphia 76er fan i do feel um you know uniquely qualified to speak on tanking um yes the charlotte hornets should tank for victor waminyama or scoot or whoever gets there um you know it's a little, it's, you know, it's, it's whatever. I'm, I'm not going to go there or whatever. I'm not going to go off a tangent, but ever since the process, I think like every single bad team has been tanking and no one else seems to get called out for it. I think it was pretty much exclusively Sam Hinkie and the Philadelphia 76ers who got called out for it. It's a very unfortunate circumstance. That's all I'll say about it. You know, the national news media is super biased against the city of Philadelphia I won't get into it. But anyway, um, yeah. Out of absolutely. pocket. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Um, they should tank um, that roster. I think, like, like ever since I, like, have watched the Hornets, like, growing up, like, you know, they haven't had a lot of star players. But, you know, for the past, like, five years, you know, all my Hornets friends have told me the same thing. And that's, we don't have, like, a dominant center, like, a real big man that can play, and so, you know, add a seven foot four Victor Wembanyama, and let's see what he does next to Lamelo Ball. Let's uh, let's crank this thing up to eleven, man. I'd love to see
1: it. Hey, the the media does not hate Philadelphia. I hate Philadelphia. Well, I guess I'm the media now.
2: Is, is that fair? <laughs> I listen. Joel Embiid should have one. NBA MVP and he should have one NBA first team and he has neither. That's it's it's whatever. Neither NBA
1: here first that. team is kind of a shock right there. Not going to lie, but you're yeah. also playing in a league with Nikola Jokic. I mean, we, I we won't
2: take, go. We, we won't go there. Let's not go there.
1: I I, I, I would take Jokic over Embiid any oh. and that uh, trusts the process was literally just for, you know, Joel Embiid, if you look at it. Ben Simmons was a bust. Jalil Okafor was a bust. Should I keep going on? Michael Carter Williams was a bust.
2: Okay. Well we we did Mark have one Waffles. We we had one rookie of the year in that bunch. We, we got a rookie a rookie of the year out of it. Yeah. Um it's it's tough. Uh I don't know like how much you know about the process, but you know, we started it. It was happening the NBA kind of forced our hands and said, get rid of your general manager, Sam Hankey. So he was fired. We never got to see, you know, what his vision was. We don't know who he would have picked, who he would have drafted. You know, it's, it's all revisionist history. It's, it's kind of pointless to go over it. Um, But it'd be kind of like if uh, Sam Presti got fired, you know, two years ago, you know, who knows what OKC looks like? Who knows what OKC's doing? Um, Yeah, it was, it was a failure. There's, there's a lot of, players I wish we had like like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Ingram, Mark Ingram, uh, on our team. But you know, it's it's ancient history and now we have Harden and Embiid, so and Doc Rivers. So life is great.
1: Yeah. I know you look I know you love yourself some Doc Rivers. And <laughs> but you know, we mentioned Philadelphia. We got the Super Bowl this Sunday. Thank you so much for Chris Clark of the Lockdown Chiefs podcast coming in. Uh I never even gave my Super Bowl prediction. Wanted to leave it to the very end of the show. Right now, the Eagles are one half point favorite. I'm going to go, I'm going to go my theory. You know, you pick who you don't want to win. That way, you know, you'll be happy with the right prediction, or you'll be happy with, you know, actually them losing. So I'm actually going to go Philadelphia. 31. Kansas City, 30. I'm giving it a one-point game. It's going to come down to the wire, and it's going to come down to Philadelphia having the ball in their hands at the very end. So that's my pick. Thank you so much for John joining us. Thank you for Jackson for hopping in for a little bit. Thank you for Chris Clark. It has been Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. We've got franchise players right after this. Thank you. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we will see you guys next week. And everyone, enjoy the Super Bowl.